All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome to a very special episode of, I guess we're calling this Middle Ground. I don't know. We're not going to be discussing current events. We're going to be discussing current sports. Hey, that's an event. That is an event, I guess. I don't care much about sports, and so I'm kind of going to be the odd one out on this episode. But I got my bro here. Say hi to everyone, Lucas. Yo, what's up? And then as always, and we got... as always. We got the <laughs> Samuel L. Hinkley ready to bring us some knowledge here about what's going on with the... Not the stick balls, but just the, the oblong balls, I guess. Because it's time for bowl season. And that's not just bowl haircuts. It's talking about people playing in a bowl. Football! Alright, so Lucas, you're kind of the inspiration behind this episode, so why don't you get us started on what exactly we're going to be talking about today. Well, the college football season has officially come to a close for the regular season, and bowl matchups have been selected for teams that are able to compete, meaning you've won six games in the regular season. That's all you need to do to get a bowl? Yeah, there's a ton of bowls. That feels like a really low bar. Yeah, I'm looking at the list you sent. There's a bunch. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Most people think it's all it's just like the top 25, you know, but in reality, like if you win half of the games that you play, you'll get a bowl. <laughs> See a lot of 6 and 6 teams. Yeah, but they're going to be 7 and 6 <laughs> potentially or 6 and 7 if they get obliterated. So, big question, we're all Horn Frogs here. Do the TCU Horn Frogs make it into the bowls this year? <laughs> oh, no, oh no, they did not. Yeah, um so let's uh let's talk about that for a second. So, um for those of you who are not in the know, TCU fired their head coach. That would be Gary Patterson. He had been there for greater than 20 years. Uh and if you're a historian like me, um, TCU prior to the Gary Patterson era was not a very pretty thing. No, not since the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Patterson brought us to a Power 5 conference. He brought us to uh, a few Big 12 championships, championship games, uh, one of which uh, technically it wasn't a championship game, but we were called co-champions with Baylor in 2014. Still salty about that, but it's okay. Yeah, never get over that. So, but looking, looking at Patterson, you know, in more recently, one of the biggest things we have to understand is it's, it's not what have you done for me, it's what have you done for me lately. And if you look at Patterson, his last good year was like 2017. After that, you had a couple six and six years, a couple five and seven years. Um, and so it really, it wasn't looking good for Patterson. And so TCU decided they were going to move him into a quote transitional role. And then he basically said, well, you can't fire me. I quit. So that left TCU without a coach. And uh, Lucas, would you like to share with the world who probably already knows this, but in case they don't, 
who TCU decided to get for a head coach. So after a lot of looking around and a couple of rumors, including primetime Deion Sanders, people thought that he was going to be our coach. And then it turned out we didn't actually even interview him at all. And so they decided, the committee, the athletic department decided that we were going to move towards SMU's head coach, Sonny Dykes. And of course, SMU was having a pretty spectacular year early in the season, including they got ranked as high as 18th, I'm pretty sure, before kind of falling off a little bit. So he, this couple couple weeks ago, was flown in with Air Frog One, which is the, the helicopter. They flew him in, and he got to have a grand entrance. And with him, he's bringing many of his old coaching staff. And thankfully, with the recruits that we lost with Gary Patterson leaving, we we're starting to pick up some of the old SMU recruits who are decommitting from SMU to come here. Yeah. And it's important to know that the last two times we had played SMU, which was 2019 and 2021, uh, they destroyed us, and that's putting it nicely. I don't think that gives them credence to, uh, you know, have been a really, like, good choice for Sonny Dykes, in my opinion. Sonny Dykes is not a defensive-minded coach. I used to work for the athletic department. I still have friends there, so like I could reach out and see what we were looking for. We were allegedly looking for a more offensive-minded coach because they said it would not be fair to Gary to replace Gary, who is a famously defensive-minded coach, with somebody who was also defensive-minded. I think that was a poor decision. That's me personally. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing that you do for politics and not for winning football games. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. And one of the things is, like, I would have preferred Mike Elko out of A&M. He's their defensive coordinator. I think he would have been a fantastic pick. Uh, I would have preferred Billy Napier, uh, but Billy Napier got a better job offer at Florida, so he went over to Florida. And so things are, are, are changing up in the – Big 12. And uh, Lucas, uh, speaking of which, TCU wasn't the only Big 12 team to lose a coach this season. Oklahoma. And they just announced, you were talking about replacement coaches that you, you would have wanted for TCU. My big one was going to be Brent Venables, defensive coordinator for Clemson, who had all those terrific years, all that experience with being in multiple national championships. And, you know, he's now going to Oklahoma to be their head coach after Lincoln Riley's now going to USC. USC, yeah, in California. Yeah. And I heard Patterson is looking at the defensive coordinator position at uh, UT. That could be wrong. I don't know. I heard that through uh, a friend um, who isn't really like super affiliated with TCU, so I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a, poss it's mm -hmm. a possibility. Uh, and then Texas Tech picked up um, a new coach this season as well. They picked up, I believe it was a assistant coordinator out of Baylor. Uh, I don't remember his name. Um, I had a brother that went to Tech, and he is less than thrilled about it. But we'll see what happens. That'd be interesting. I'm, I'm curious. Do y'all think that it really was Patterson's time to go? Like, was he, you know, has he passed his prime? Or do you think that it was a bit unfair to him that he that he's leaving now just because of a few bad seasons? Patterson was getting paid an awful lot. He was the 10th highest paid coach in all of the NCAA. And that's what the athletic department's going to say. It's like he's getting paid too much to lose. And if you look at, at the teams that we've had the last couple of years, they've all been really young. 
like this year, you look at the the line, you know, it's all freshman, sophomore, you know, we started, ended up starting a freshman quarterback later in the season, couple soft, there's like three start starting running backs that are all sophomores, but you know, Patterson, he's, he's always been a defensive wizard. You know, he's been one of the greatest of all time. And this year, the defense was just, it was atrocious. You know, worst in the league, almost. You know, it's like you pride yourself in having one thing, and then this year it all kind of just went down the toilet. So you, you can kind of understand, I guess, like the concern that, that people had. I feel like the situation wasn't necessarily handled as well as it could have been. I feel like, you know, there might have been a way for us to have kept him in some position, you know, to help out. But they were kind of just, I think they were also under a little bit of, of pressure from the public. You know, I, I remember being at the football games and people yelling, you know, it's like, get him out of here. You know, it's like, if he's not going to win, uh, then why do we have him? I guess a follow-up question to that is, if the rumor that Sam heard is true and he's going to go to UT... And I don't know much, but I do know that UT is getting ready to move over to the SEC. Um, do you think that, you know, people have been making fun of UT for doing that because they're like, oh, you're going to go over there and just get killed all the time. Do you think that having someone like Patterson on their defensive line will actually be a, be a boon to them and make them a little bit more competitive against teams like Alabama and uh, A&M? Well, it, it depends because, you know, Looking at this whole situation, right, uh, addressing – I kind of agree with what Lucas was saying. It, we were paying him too much for him to lose. You're talking, you know, 2017 was his last good season, which was 11-3. and three. Uh, Then you, you're talking 7-6, and 5-7, six, 6-4. And, and, and then this this year, why he was coach, he was 3-5, and five, right? So, I mean, you're, you're looking at, I think, around 500 or maybe – uh, one more in the win category than the loss category there if you if you look at the last four seasons combined. And so I think that there's a lot of uh, other issues. Patterson has always had to get three-star recruits and make them five-star athletes. TCU has never been able to compete when it comes to recruiting with things like Oklahoma. It's never been able to compare with recruiting when it comes to A&M. It's never been able to uh, you know, certainly if you have five-star athletes in the Metroplex, you're going to have Alabama vying for their attention, amongst other things, uh, A&M also vying for their attention. And so Patterson has always had to rely on transfers and three-star athletes to make a, a decent team. And so I think moving to if he does end up at you know defensive coordinator position at a UT or defensive coordinator position somewhere else in the SEC – I don't think that uh, he's going to have as difficult a time with recruiting. And because of that, I think he can actually do well. If he does end up at UT, especially with UT going to the SEC, I don't feel like recruiting is going to be as much of an issue. And so I really think Patterson could be, uh, you know, a force for good there. I don't see UT doing great in the SEC, you know, for the first at least two years maybe third year they kind of do meteoric rise and then maybe in the fourth year I, I everyone's expecting UT to have like a freaking 10 and two season at some point 
I don't think that's going to happen in the first couple of years in the SEC, but they're going to go off and went off and get like a 10 and two season eventually. Um, just because that's how UT works is they kind of do good for a bit and then they crash for a bit and then they do good for a bit, et cetera. And so, yeah, Lucas, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, if you look, just look at statistics, Patterson with TCU since joining the big 12 was, was the bane of UT, you know, absolute domination. You know, obviously we didn't see that this year, but I mean, I think like you said, with, with the recruits, you know, and also just not having the pressures of being like the head coach, being able to just focus on his craft will like definitely be helpful for him just to like, kind of be able to tone in on like what he does and it it will definitely benefit Texas, but then uh, I don't know about UT and the SEC. They had such an atrocious year this year that they just... They're not in a good way. I, I don't see how they're going to be able to compete. Like like you said, I'm thinking for the first five years. You know, it's if you go out there and have a, a it's the it's the same reason why we don't see Kansas in the Big Twelve having a good year every now and then. It just it, it doesn't. But happen. bro, Kansas actually like had a decent year. You're talking they held Oklahoma ten to nothing in the entire first half of their game. They beat UT at home. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Kansas may mm-hmm. be able to turn around. UT was garbage, that, that's though. That's true. Um, I'm thinking Kansas may be able to turn around. I don't know. Uh, Les Miles, um, this is hard. <laughs> I know there's some controversy about Les Miles, but I think, you know, what he set up at Kansas and then now uh, it's been taken over. Uh, I can forget by whom. But, you know, I think maybe Kansas might actually, you know, start to pick up some some motion here, especially now that they're not going to end, you know, within the 24-25 season at least moving forward. They're not going to have to play Oklahoma and UT every year. But then, of course, we're adding Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and by the way, and Houston. Cincy coming to the Big 12 is a great thing because Cincinnati is in the playoffs. It sure is. Um, so, sure are. Yeah, uh, you have a – they're moving – to the Big 12, so that's going to give us some new blood. I'm not excited about BYU. I get why they did it. It helps for recruiting to have an out west school. I would have preferred something like, mm-hmm. um, oh, uh, Boise State to kind of, you know. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what I was re- thinking. Relive that, you know. Uh-huh. And that's the same for uh, UCF down in Florida. They were a big deal, you know, 2018, 2019, when they went on that big winning streak, I guess. Yeah. Where they went undefeated two straight years, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to win the national championship!" Until they got beat by LSU, you know, in that that bowl game. It was like, uh, and then after that, they haven't been relevant again at all. You know, I was not very excited to hear them coming. Yeah. So y'all are saying that BYU is a um, a recruiting strategy. Are you saying mm-hmm. that we want BYU in because we want more manpower? I hate you. It's a different area. You didn't, you didn't get the joke. You didn't get the joke, Lucas. No. He, flew right over my he, head. he said more, more man, man More man power. power. More man power. Yeah. Because they're more. More, more man power. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we had, the only reason we added the Florida team is because they have such a high fan base revenue-wise. This, is, this will be a, a way to rejuvenate them. So, Lucas, do you think we're going to go back to a north-south type of division or maybe even an east-west division now that we will have, you know, at least in 2024, uh, actually 12 teams in the Big 12? Mm-hmm. I think I think they're going to try to keep all the Texas teams 
together. And then, you know, Oklahoma State as well. Just like the ones that are like in that, that close area. And then I feel like there'll be like a spread around it. As inconvenient as that is for UCF to fly all the way to Utah, you know, or, you know. But I, I feel like there's like already like such like a, a close knit between the teams that are in Texas and states surrounding Texas. I feel like it's hard to, to break them up. And then all of a sudden you got all these new teams and there's like, we'll want to pin the new teams against each other, you know. So uh, you hinted at bowl games. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about bowl games. Tasman, if you could only watch one bowl game this year from the list of names only, what bowl game would you be watching? I'd probably have to go with the, the Outback Bowl mm-hmm. because I'm a big fan of their Bloomin' Onions. <laughs> and who knows, maybe... Maybe the complex layers of a football game will bloom within me a desire to see more sports. That's been some pretty good Outback Bowls. Who do you think is going to win the Outback Bowl? Well, let's see. We've got Arkansas versus Penn State, which I assume is in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you the know. The Nittany Lions. The Nittany Lions? That is They correct. go to Penn State? Mm-hmm. That's what Penn State is. Wow. Yep. What's, um, is Arkansas the, the, the hogs? The hogs, yeah. Um, yeah, the hogs. Well. Arkansas coming out of the SEC, Penn State in the Big Ten. You know, I'm always a fan of reading about the Quakers back in the day in Pennsylvania during the colonial times. And so and in honor of their legacy and in honor of lions everywhere, I'm going to go with Penn State. All right, Lucas, uh, who do you think is going to be uh, victorious in the Outback Bowl? Well, Arkansas was looking awfully strong at the beginning of the year. I thought we have a new front runner in the SEC after they not only like demolished Florida and then they went and they beat top 10 ranked A&M, I thought Arkansas was going to be something special but then prove that they, they couldn't quite stand up to some of the big names. Same for Penn State. Penn State started off, and they, they got ranked third until their unfortunate loss to Iowa, which, you know, if you watch that game, you'll, you'll understand why I call it unfortunate. Uh, so both teams, I mean, th- this is a great matchup. I love this matchup from from what the committee chose. Um, and, of course, you'll see uh, – both, both fan bases will definitely show up. I think I have Penn State in this game. Um, I think just their high-powered offense, I think, because Arkansas, we showed that their weakness was, was defense. And so I think, I think I got my bets on Penn State this year. So looking at, looking at it, we have an 8-4 Arkansas coming out of the SEC West. We have a 7-5 and five Penn State coming out of the Big Ten East. Uh, and the Outback Bowl is going to take place uh, on New Year's Day in Tampa, Florida. And so uh, for me, looking at this, I'm going to be a little contrarian with y'all. I'm going to be going with Arkansas. Um, you know, if you remember that uh, Arkansas-UT game that was so glorious. I know. That was that was amazing. Uh, it sure puts a smile on my face to quote a intergalactic villain. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that, 
you have a good chance also, like, and, and this sounds really weird, but climate does affect bowl games, especially teams coming from the south, playing in the north that are not used to the cold. That really messes with them. And teams from the north coming to the south that, you know, you're it's a 70 degree day in freaking January and you have no clue what to do because that's not normal for you. I really think that, um, you know, that does uh, play a role in things. And so Arkansas um, going to Florida is a lot, you know, more, uh, you know, easy and uh, easier on the muscles than, you know, going from Penn State, whose last game was like literally in snow. If you had a chance to watch that last Mm -hmm. week. It's pretty spectacular. It was. uh, So I'm going to go with uh, Arkansas on this one. Should we do score predictions? Ooh. And write them down. Oh man, you're 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 asking. Do you have a you got a pen and paper, Taz? Yeah, I got a pen and paper. Okay, Taz, just so you know, the the <laughs> score goes up by seven, uh, typically. <laughs> so seven or three. What, what's your score That's prediction, Taz? I would say that we would end up with Arkansas uh, scoring thirty-five. And Penn State scoring thirty-eight. Okay. Okay. By a field goal. Lucas, what you got? Oh man, I think it's gonna be close. I think I'm gonna go. See, I got Penn State winning. I think Penn State's gonna go up twenty-four. I'm thinking. Actually, I think it's gonna be close throughout most of the game, and I think it's gonna end twenty-four fourteen with a last like a. a a touchdown in like the, the closing seconds that makes it seem like it wasn't that close of a game if you didn't watch it. But in reality, it was like, oh, this was a three-point game up until final minutes where it becomes a 10-point game. So I'm, I'm going 24-14 Penn State. Uh, I'm going to go 35-31 uh, Razorbacks up top. Okay, so meanwhile, I'm looking at some of these other names, though. There's like a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and the Easy Post Hawaii. You could find a sponsor. Quick Lane Bowl. Ending yeah, this tree. is a good way for for different products to get their name out there. Hmm. I guess so, because there's a Duke's Mayo Bowl. And I don't want to eat uh-huh. a bowl of the Duke's Cheez-It Mayo. Bowl. <laughs> I remember when we were in the Cheez-It Bowl one time and they were handing out free Cheez-Its on yeah. campus. They uh they called that uh-huh. the cheese int bowl for int because there was something like eleven interceptions in that game. It was ridiculous if you watched, including a game winning interception in overtime. That's correct. TCU versus Cal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, went to overtime. The the mule that was our quarterback, the mule, and he uh, he was like a fifth year senior or something like that, and he ended up uh, winning for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, if I had one bowl game to watch this season and only one bowl game to watch, for me, it's going to be the Frisco Bowl. Uh, so UTSA has been going crazy this season, and people down here in San Antonio <laughs> have been loving it. I'm not going to give my prediction yet because I don't want to spoil things. Uh, Tasman, what is your prediction for the Frisco Bowl, which would be UTSA, the Roadrunners, versus the San Diego State uh, Aztecs? Yes. Aztecs. That is correct. Wow. Well, San Diego has a nice zoo, and 
the on Animal Planet, you can watch the show The Zoo and see what it's like in San Diego. But, you know, UTSA is more of a hometown team for me because I used to live down there. And Sam, you currently live down there. I know some people I graduated high school with that went to UTSA. I've never even heard of San Diego State, so I probably am going to go with the Roadrunners, especially because Roadrunners are the state bird of New Mexico, which is where I was born. Good pick, good pick. UTSA has a star running back. It's like McCormick or whatever. That's that's what I've heard. And San Diego State was honestly ranked pretty high at some point until I think they played their bowl game against Utah State and they got 40 points put up on them. They only scored in the teens. I think, if I remember correctly, uh, San Diego State, they pride themselves in stopping the run, which, you know, you'd think would take care. But I, I've seen this McCormick, McCormick guy for UTSA run, and he's he's pretty, pretty good. So I think I have a high-scoring game here, and I'm, I'm going to go with the Roadrunners as well. I got to think that after watching San Diego State's abysmal performance in their bowl game, and then seeing just the energy that UTSA brings and then just like the explosiveness or something that we haven't really seen from you know, a Conference USA team really much like recently. I think UTSA has a, has a shot to win here. So uh, I've been following UTSA this season and they've been doing pretty good. Uh, in fact, their lowest scoring game, I think, was 24 points, which is still pretty good, mm-hmm. all things considered. Yeah. You're you're coming out of the Conference USA, and they will be moving to the AAC uh, starting soon. Uh, and they're also moving over with UNT, so they're going to keep that rivalry at least. That was their one loss. Yes, it was. It was their one loss. Um, looking at UTSA, UTSA was twelve and one, including being conference championship in um, the uh, their conference USA. San Diego State ended up topping the Mountain West West Division um, and played in their conference championship. Uh, I don't remember. Did they win? Do you remember, Lucas? No, I'm pretty sure they got destroyed by Utah State. Okay, yeah, they got they got beaten by Utah State then. Uh, so they're coming with yeah. 11 and two um, into the bowl game. I think it's going to be an even match overall. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. UTSA has had a lot of high scoring games this season um, that really mm-hmm. have. You're talking, you know, it wasn't you know a Barrett for them to get 40, 45. It, one of their games even was 49 against Western Kentucky. So uh, I'm going to go with UTSA mm-hmm. at 49 and San Diego 45. And more specifically, okay. it will be a game-winning touchdown for UTSA to come up top. I think for my score prediction, I, I like seeing UTSA in the 40s. I'm going – 45 to 31 UTSA. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, especially in the second half. I think we might see the teams get a little overamped in the first half and then kind of settle down. And then I, I like to see the scoring pick up quite a bit in the third and fourth quarter. So I am going to make the prediction that it is going to be the most competitive game that we've ever seen each quarter. It's just going to be one run. Like, they're just, the first quarter, no points will be scored. They'll just be going back and forth and not even getting into field goal range. 
and then same for the second. And then in the second half, we'll get one field goal from each of them in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, we'll end it with a massive 80-yard run from, who did I say? You said UTSA. Who's playing? UTSA. UTSA is going to road run that ball all the way down with an 80-yard touchdown. And so if I did the math right, that's going to result in a 10-3 to game. <laughs> all right. And Lucas, what's your like top bowl game that you're excited to see? Uh, let's exclude the playoffs from not the playoffs. We'll, we'll talk about the playoffs in a second. We'll exclude that. But other than that, what's your like bowl game this season? Well, one that certainly jumps out in my eyes is is the Sugar Bowl, Baylor versus Ole Miss. TCU has seen Ole Miss in the playoffs in the past. Uh, you remember 2014, the Peach Bowl, back when Ole Miss supposedly had their land shark defense. And they got beat forty-two to three by the Horn Frogs. So we'll get to see this. This will be. A, I think it's a good matchup of Big Twelve versus SEC. You know, not this is this is the champion of the Big Twelve coming off against probably the third best SEC team. You got Ole Miss. They've had Matt Corral, their quarterback, for a really long time, and they have. It's just a tremendous. It's a it's a tremendous offense. One of the best years. I think this is the best year in Ole Miss history. I think this is their first 11-win season, at least in a lo- really long time. They're 10-2 right now because they came in second in SEC West, so they'd only have 12 games. I got you, yeah. Then, of course, you got Baylor. Uh, Baylor, a two-loss team, losing to Oklahoma State in the regular season, then coming back to beat them in a tremendous game up in Dallas where – they, they were able to hang on by about three inches. Uh, fourth and goal attempt by the Cowboys to have a game-winning score. And, of course, you you know, you'd probably see Baylor in the playoff picture if they had not lost to TCU earlier in the year. I'm pretty sure a one-loss Baylor who avenged their loss in the championship, you know, would get ranked fifth probably in front of Notre Dame. So I, I think it's a good matchup. Um I think personally for me, I have not been impressed with Baylor's defense. Of course, you know, they're going to say it's the best in the Big 12. But I'm, you know, and as a Big 12 person, it hates me to say it, but I think the SEC might be a little bit better in this game. And I, you know, just watching how Old Miss's air raid offense has, has worked, I guess you don't really call it air raid, but, you know, I guess they're wide open. Maybe they just Matt Corral. He's a he's I think he's a fifth year senior. You know he's been there for a long time. He's super athletic, has a good arm. I think him and then some of his weapons at, at running back and at wide receiver. I think they're able to just pick away at the Baylor's at Baylor's defense and then Baylor's offense, especially. It's been kind of you've seen early in the season. It's been kind of one dimensional with the run game and of course in this playoff game you got to see a lot of passing because they, they put they put in their other quarterback. But I, I honestly I don't I don't think this one's gonna be too close, which makes me want to watch it because of course I want to see Baylor lose. <laughs> of course, you know, you see in the, in that playoff game for Baylor, you know, 
they scored 21 points in the first first half, got shut out in the second half. And then you see two of their drives. You know, Oklahoma State throws four interceptions, which most of the time you look at, at them and they're like, oh, man, it wasn't even close. You know, he threw it right at, right at the Baylor guy, you know. So there's a lot of short field driving for Baylor, and I feel like their offense just won't be enough to keep up. And so I, I got Ole Miss in a big-time victory. Okay. Jasmine? Well, one of the factors I'm looking at here is that the the game is scheduled to be at 8:45 p.m., which means that you know, especially this time of year, it's going to be a night game, right? And we know that Baylor people of Baylor's history of 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 dealing with with misses at night is is not the most savory. Oh. So I, I expect that we'll see in this game a lot of you know, um, inappropriate behavior going on, lots of flags being thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an old Miss, right? So she's going to be very, um, she's going to be very experienced in dealing with this kind of thing. And she's going to know exactly <laughs> what to do. So I have a feeling that um, despite their best um, attempts, Baylor's going to end up going down. Any situation where it would be at 845 at night, uh, would that not be considered night any time of year? You said this time of year it's considered night. I would consider it night any time of year. but uh... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the sun is still up until 9 o'clock mm. here in Texas, in the northern part at least. Oh, man. Well, for me... You know, one of the things it's uh, this was some interesting payback that we had for uh, 2014. Baylor was the reason that TCU Absolutely. did not go to the uh, playoffs. We should have gone to the playoffs. We were ranked third in the AP. We were ranked third in the coaches poll. There's no reason Ohio State should have gone to the playoffs ahead of us other than the fact that they had a bigger market. So. Um, if we're the reason that Baylor didn't go to playoffs this year, I will gladly revel in the fact that TCU was the reason Baylor didn't go to the playoffs. Um, so that's that's just um, payback sucks, but that that's what it is. That being said, I I don't think this is going to be a close game at all. I think Old Miss is just going to walk away with it. Um, Old Miss is coming. Uh, out of the SEC, ten and two. Baylor's coming off of the Big Twelve Championship, eleven and two. Um, I'm I'm looking at this game being, you know, thirty five to fourteen uh, type score for Baylor uh, with you uh, with Ole Miss being up top. I don't think that um, Baylor is going to be able to compete with an SEC style offense. It just Baylor's only like significant opponent they had this year was Oklahoma. And I don't see them if they play the same way they played against Oklahoma, or if they play the same way they played against TCU, especially um, they're going to get destroyed uh, against Ole Miss. Uh, But the bears could surprise me. The bears typically do surprise me. So uh, who knows about that? Uh, one last bowl game that I want to note of interest, we don't have to go around on this, but I just want to say this is interesting, is Texas Tech has a bowl game, uh, and Texas Tech is playing Mississippi State. And for those of you who don't know why that's interesting to me, Mississippi State's current head coach is Mike Leach. And Mike Leach was the longtime coach of Texas Tech and was the only reason that Tech was even remotely phenomenal they are in the 
AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Uh, and so I'd be very interested to see how Mike Leach goes up against uh, his former employer. I think that's interesting. That's also a fun matchup because you see um, some of the craziest fan bases come together there. Being able to watch Mississippi State, you know, they have their, their cowbells. You know, it's a very hostile environment, you know, if, if you watch the old Miss-Mississippi State game. And then, of course, Texas Tech, and they're throwing their tortillas on the field, you know. You, you get to see two of two of the rowdiest fan bases come together, you know, to <laughs> duke it out along with their football team. You know, we might see some, some fan fights mm-hmm. in that. You, you never know. Another thing about that, there's another bowl game. It's the Las Vegas Bowl. You get Wisconsin versus Arizona State. And, you know, these are the the two biggest party schools in the entire United States, bringing them to Las Vegas. I I just remember I was talking to my roommate about that. He's from Wisconsin. He's like, there's going to be so much partying and so much alcohol at that. And so that'll be interesting to see. That's that's good for revenue. I was like, the, they definitely knew what they were doing when they made that that ball playing at the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Well, Lucas, would you mind giving us a rundown of the college playoffs? Uh, who is number one and who are they playing? Who is number four and who's number two and who's number three? And uh, how do you uh, – let's just do that first and then uh, we'll let Taz go with his prediction. <laughs> <laughs> so, starting December 31st, we'll have number one, Alabama, playing number four, Cincinnati, in the Cotton Bowl Classic. And then you'll have number two, Michigan, facing off against number three, Georgia, in the Orange Bowl. Those are our, our matchups for the semifinals of the playoffs. All right, and the winners of those two games will go to the playoffs uh, or for the finals uh, to play for the national championship. Tasman, you have number one, Alabama, versus number four, Cincinnati. Who do you think is going to win? Well, I was reflecting on this the other day, and I can't really think of anything in Alabama that has a good reputation nationally except maybe their football team. And as far as Cincinnati goes, that's a city that's in the United States, but I don't know even what state it's in. It's a city that's more famous than its own state. Um, so it's a tough battle. I associate both of them with the color red for some reason. That may be an incorrect assumption, but I think that they're both when red. You get down <laughs> to it on Friday, December thirty first. We're going to see Cincinnati come in with an upset. And many people will be upset. Mm. All right, Tasman, who do you think is going to win? Number two, Michigan, or number three, Georgia? I don't even need to think very hard about this one because I've always got Georgia on my mind, like an old sweet song. All right, so Tasman, you have... You have Georgia and Cincinnati going to the playoffs, and who do you think is going to win? I think that after their exhausting comeback against Alabama or upset against Alabama, Cincinnati won't won't be able to do it anymore, and Georgia's going to come through at the very end with the ultimate in 
this year's college football loveliness. Actually, it'll be next year, January tenth, mom's birthday. All right, Lucas, what do you uh, what do you have? All right, as far as I'm concerned, I absolutely want Cincinnati to win it all, just because they are that underdog character that you see. You know, the one school that's not Power Five conference. You know, the only the only school in the entire FBS to go undefeated. You know. At the beginning of the year, you know, everyone everyone thought Georgia was the front runner. They were going to run away with it. You know, it's the best defense anyone had ever seen, allowing less than a touchdown per game. You know, it's like they're going to go undefeated. It's like they're going to beat Alabama, and then it's going to be who's going to get the fourth spot. Then Alabama shocked everybody by completely clowning on Georgia. After the, the week before, Bama had almost got knocked out of contention by Auburn, who wasn't even a contender. So things have definitely come down to the wire in the last couple couple of days. As far as Bama versus Cincinnati, like I say, I, I just want Cincinnati to win so bad. Uh, I feel like if they're able, I feel like we can have a Boise State-Oklahoma situation here where trick plays, special teams, and then just, you know, a little bit of excitement I feel like can cause something glorious to happen in this game. Uh, I feel like once, if Cincinnati can secure momentum, then I feel like nothing can stop them. And if, like I say, if their defense can can stop Alabama's offense, yeah, I feel like Cincinnati can pull off this upset against Bama. Georgia versus Michigan is an interesting, interesting, because like I said, Georgia was thought to be the greatest college football program this year. And then Michigan, you know, finally was able to knock off Ohio State. And then after that, they absolutely embarrassed Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. And Michigan's looked good. They've got two quarterbacks, a mobile quarterback and a throwing quarterback, a couple of really good running backs, a couple of really good targets. And then their defense is absolutely phenomenal. You know, star, star defensive end, who's looking to be the front runner in the Heisman campaign. I really think Mich- Michigan's looking really good. And after seeing Georgia's performance last week, obviously they're going to be motivated to not let that happen again. But after seeing it, I think I think Michigan's going to be upset Georgia. I guess maybe not upset, but still, I think Michigan has what it takes to beat Georgia. And then unfortunately, even though I really want Cincinnati to take it all, I think Michigan it's going to be too much for Cincinnati in the end. So I have Michigan winning the national championship. Um, so for me, looking at this, uh, with number one Bama versus number four Cincinnati, um, this is going to be pretty much like every time Oklahoma has managed to get in the playoffs being ranked number four, uh, and then they get destroyed. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen here. I would love – especially being a Big 12 fan myself. Cincinnati will be joining the Big 12 uh, in the 2024 season at latest. I'd love for them to win. It's just not realistic. So I'm going to go Bama destroying Cincy, unfortunately. And, I and like, it's not going to be close. That's, that's what, like, I'm just predicting that. Uh, for the Michigan-Georgia game, 
my father-in-law went to Northwestern. Uh, because of that, I've started following the Big Ten a little bit more recently. And so looking at the Big Ten, Michigan, like you said, Lucas has been really good this year. So I'm agree with you. I'm going to put uh, Michigan over Georgia. Uh, and then subsequently, uh, I'm going to put uh, in the national championship, Bama versus Michigan. Uh, and I'm going to put Michigan up top barely. I mean, just barely. And like last minute field goal type situations, what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a good game. And I think it's going to be one that like everyone is going to be tuning into. Obviously, it's a national championship, but it's not going to be one of those boring Clemson Bama national championship games that we've seen a gazillion of it. You know, it, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a realistic thing that's definitely been in my mind. I just I'm biased because I I really want to see Cincinnati do good. Yeah, I'm I'm a pragmatist, so you know. Well, I think we've pretty much covered that topic, and not only um, are we all highly prophetic and able to see the future, but we saw different futures in some cases. So that's going to be really special whenever we get the opportunity to see which of the alternate realities is the true timeline. Personally, I'm going to go with mine, but maybe I'm biased. Well, thank you very much to Lucas for joining us for this special episode where we looked at college football. Thank you for the time and research you put into this just by being a a college football fan yourself and the stuff that you brought to the table. Thank you also to Sam, who does the same thing by caring about sports and things. I just got to sit back and watch y'all work, and I appreciate that. Guys, we're almost done with this season of Front Porch Report. We've got one more episode of the Discovery Bible Study in James that's going to come out next week. And then after that, we'll go on a little bit of a break. In the meantime, be thinking of which book of the Bible you want us to do next. We're kind of leaning towards going back to Nehemiah and finishing up the story of what those exiles did when they returned to the land. But if there's something else that you really want us to do, send us an email, message us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, all the other things that we have, TikTok. And we will see you next time. Stay safe out there and enjoy some football. To uh, to quote, uh, you know, uh, we got you got that weird little pumpkin thing, and I know you couldn't eat that because they've been kicking around all night. I don't know much, but I do know that UT is getting ready to move over to is it Pac-10? SEC. 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 (laughs) There's no, you know, falling over words right now. (laughs) Uh.